Hello, and welcome to another episode of A Talk of Opportunity. I'm Andrew, and with me today is Jose. That's me. And today we're going to be talking about the Matt Mercer effect. This is part we play the music. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Real professional. So Andrew, the Matt Mercer effect. I've heard about it. I've been I've heard it being described. I read the Reddit post like yesterday. Um, it's essentially, you know, like everybody who watches TVs, movies, always has this high expectations for things to happen in real life. Mm-hmm. And the internet is a is, is a is a whole other story when it comes to that. And people are always expecting way too much, right? Right. Then you have those people get interested on Dungeons and Dragons. Then they want to either DM or play on a table. And they go outside, they sit on a table, and they're out in the open in the real world. Mm-hmm. And what happens? Matt Mercer doesn't show up. Right, right. I think I think before we really dive into this, we should probably we should probably like define what the Matt Mercer uh, Matt Mercer effect is. Um, which... I was trying to do that in that entertaining way, Andrew. Oh wow! Okay, I'm sorry. Jeez. <laughs> so the Matt Mercer effect, according to Webster Dictionary, is it's actually not an official entry, but uh, it's essentially when you have uh, players and DMs kind of like, uh, well, mainly players expecting their DMs to be professional voice actors, uh, have this, uh, for the most part, unachievable uh, level of performance mm-hmm. uh you know being expected on the table and then well, they, not, they and then they are let down by it when it doesn't happen it's not just performance but also experience and this is right. some, this is something that it's regulated to essentially new players or people that haven't played before um that's true because anybody that's been around since like the ad and d age knows that it is this is not this is not the norm Yes. Yeah. No. No. You're. You're. And 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 that is that is important because they didn't have the internet back then. Right. So everybody who got introduced to Dungeons and Dragons was, you know, always expected the big brother who doesn't know any other voices other than the Irish accent or something like that. Right. Right. Well. Well. Should we should we dive into the um the Reddit post that actually talks about this? Sure. Why not? You want to read it? You read better than I do, anyways. Okay. So this is this is from the subreddit called R slash DM Academy, um, by a user named Mister Hyphen Builder, and the the title of the post is "How Do I Beat the Matt Mercer Effect?" And the po and the post listing goes as such: I'm running a campaign for a lot of first timers, and I'm dealing with a lot of first timer problems. In parentheses, the one who never speaks up, the one who needs to be railroaded, the neutral good player who play who actually plays chaotic neutral and the chaotic neutral player who actually plays chaotic evil lately however, yeah and <laughs> in, in parenthetical lately however there's a new situation i'm dealing with a third of my group first got interested in dnd because of critical role i like matt mercer as much as the next guy but these guys watched 30 plus hours of the show before they even picked up a d20 
The dwarf thinks that all dwarves have Irish accents, which is not true. They have Scottish accents. And the dragonborn sound exactly like the ones from the show, in parentheses, which is fine until they meet NPCs that are played differently from how it's done on the show. In parentheses. I've been approached by half the group and asked how I plan to handle resurrection. What I told them I when I told them I decided when we got there, they told me how Matt does it. Our what our WhatsApp is filled with geek and sundry videos about how to play the RPGs better there's nothing wrong with how they do it on the show but i'm not matt mercer and they're not vox machina at some point the unrealistic expectations are going to clash with reality how do you guys deal with players who who've had dms they swear by and then the too long didn't read version is critical role has become the prototype for how my players think DD works how do i push my own way of doing things without letting them down Easy. now now immediately yeah. well <laughs> Well, first of all, there's already this guy is already dealing with a slew of problems. Yes, <laughs> like even before the Matt Mercer thing uh, came up, which unfortunately sometimes that's just how that's just how the dice roll. Um, yeah, I mean, it, uh, but a lot of those things are you know first time players situations that right, it, you right. know those are those bad habits that go away with you know experience, experience and time, and. And the thing about this is, is like, okay, imagine yourself, you've never DM'd a game before. You've never, you've heard of Dungeons and Dragons, maybe saw it on Stranger Things or something, which I feel is a more realistic depiction of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, but like, you've, you've never really played a game before. So you pick up the starter set or, you know, Dragons of Ice Spire Peak out now. Um, the Essentials Kit. Yeah, exactly. And you and you decide to run the level what one through five adventure for your friends, yep. and suddenly they're expecting like professional voice acting on top of like um what's the word like very narrative not not just preparation but also like narrative payoff for their characters and stuff like that uh, because yeah. like because me personally I haven't seen too terribly much a critical role it's not really it's not really my bag because it's more like i want to play i don't want to watch other people play <laughs> you know yeah i'm gonna but tell you a I, secret andrew hmm. i've never seen a full episode of critical role me neither but i have seen the highlights and i can i can definitely pick up what they're putting down with it and a, um, a great example of it and i think is if anybody who doesn't want to sit through a four-hour episode of it is the which is what I did. This is how I got introduced. Was the D and Diesel when they have Vin Diesel play D and D? And there's another video. There's another great video um, from Matt Colville that explains the actual climax of the first season of a uh, Critical Role. Um, oh which, no, I was just saying that as an example of the Matt Mercer effect. Like people see that and then they expect that it's D and D. Oh yeah, yeah. But anyways, getting back on topic. So so these players who have, you know, again, this is all seems to be regulated to new pe- to new players. They are expecting their DM to to just knock this out of the park, which of course is never going to happen. Um, you know, little, you know, baby DMs are going to be just as awkward the first time around as new players. So it I'm this, so awkward. Yeah, and I, I I still am too. Like starting off a campaign or starting off like a session is always the hardest part for me, which is yeah, why I haven't. usually just, you know just go like, all right, let's just do this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't so, have twenty years of experience, you know. 
No, exactly. And, and I'm not, I'm not at all confident in any of the voices that I use and stuff like that. And I know, I know whenever I do an accent, it starts to slip and I'm like, Oh God, I meant to go for Spanish, but now this guy sounds Irish. <laughs> and so, but, um, no, I, I just think this is a completely unfair, uh, unrealistic thing. And I, I'm not, I'm not saying critical role is a bad influence, quite the opposite. But a lot of people need to understand that Matt Mercer is probably the closest thing to a professional DM outside of Chris Perkins. It's probably the closest thing to a professional DM that has existed. You know? Yeah. It's also not just a professional DM, but a professional voice actor. Exactly. He gets paid to make voices. That, you know what that, I mean? like unless you're doing that a hundred uh, uh, as a profession, you're gonna forget the voice of the NPC you introduced two sessions ago. You know it's gonna change. Like people cannot expect that level of of uh, commitment and professionalism on a regular Joe who has a nine to five and then DMs for fun. Oh, because you know it's like it's like the the old saying goes like what's it to to really master a craft you have to put ten thousand hours or right. something into it. It, a lot yeah, of I'm, I'm, uh, I'm only I'm only according to the roll twenty I'm only, I'm only fifty seven hours in. Actually, I, I am. Uh, according to roll twenty, I'm. Wait, you're only fifty seven. Never mind. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably it's probably it's probably because it counts the time that like I upload music as like oh you've played this much. I'm like eh, not really. Oh, um, I'm sorry. One hundred and thirty hours. <laughs> yeah, I was about, I was about to say because I have like eighty something. Yeah. <laughs> so, <no. laughs> um. Anyways, well, oh, that, that guy, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Yes, no. mission accomplished. Well, yeah. <laughs> but no, like, so, so you have to put 10,000 hours to, to master a craft. Nine, most DMs, and by that I mean 99.99% of DMs have jobs. <laughs> you know, they have lives outside of, you know, D&D. Hard to believe, I know, but still. Um, so, you know, they, they don't, they don't have 40 hours a week to work on voices and, you know, to work on their notes and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I just, I, there needs to be like a PSA or something about this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not a bad, it's not necessarily a bad thing because luckily it had, is, it had, it has introduced a lot of people to D&D because everybody wants to have that experience. And and it's not a bad thing to have uh to to have a goal or a, not a goal, I'm sorry, like a, a level to reach a standard to aim for, you know, like uh we all have that. Um and I feel like as a DM having that and being like, oh man, I wish I could I could keep track of my voices or I wish I could like have the emotional payoff that some of these online campaigns have uh in the back of my head helps me become a better DM. Uh, it's just you have to have realistic expectations, like you just said, um, because real life is real life. YouTube is YouTube, you know. But you know, it, this is this is just essentially the D and D equivalent of like going to a concert and watching watching a guy play an instrument. He's playing it really, really well, and it, and it, and it inspires you to pick up said instrument. But then you learn, oh wow, this instrument's really hard to learn how to play and that's when you kind of that's when you kind of realize this dude does this for a living so right 
So yeah, naturally he's going to be way better at it than you are. So, yeah, and I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying Matt Mercer does this for a living. I know he has a career, but like I said, this is probably the closest thing to a professional DM there is out there. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you're more, everybody's more than welcome to aim to become the next Matt Mercer. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day, and I keep saying this and you keep saying this all the time, D&D is a hobby. You know, it wants to stop being fun because X reason, then what's the point? The whole point of D&D is to have is to have a good time with your friends, create a story with your friends. And it is very intimate, you know, because all this stuff is 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 shared imagination uh, scenes and and it's it's all about the table and, and your friends. Once those friends start like expecting insane levels of uh, preparedness or, or acting or voices and stuff like that, putting that pressure onto the D, onto the, the the DM who already has a lot of pressure, you know, yeah. with, all, with all the prep and all the reading and all the, I mean, I cannot even begin to 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 explain the anxiety that I get before each game. Gaming is hard, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the I mean, last thing on my mind is having an individual voice for each separate NPC. Yeah. Uh, no. And Matt Mercer is our Lord and Savior, and he's great because he introduced thousands of people to D and D. But but all those people need to remember that you know, again, he's a professional. If, yeah. if if you want to give it a shot and if he, he, he if he inspire you cuz I'm not going to lie I I watched the the D&D's old special on YouTube and that's how I started my first sessions you can ask my you can ask the group was all awkward with trying to be uh like Matt Mercer and having funny voices and stuff like that when it mm-hmm. was my very first session ever you know and it it after a while, I realized that it wasn't really necessary. It was more, it was more important to keep track of your players' advancements and the stuff that they pick up on, or the things that they want to see and explore, and and and, and deliver that. Voices, voices. At the end of the day, they're fun, but it's not. You know, it's, it's, it's actually, not, it's actually. No, no. No, no, and there it, it's it's essentially just the icing on the cake. Which right. you know, yeah, you can eat a tub of icing, but you're gonna feel sick later, you know. And and there's there's actually a fantastic video by Matt Colville about this. I know I reference Matt Colville a lot, but you should watch this stuff. Um, anybody that's listening, and and he talks about what true role play is, and what that is is that he he kind of explains it in dimensions like there's zero dimension, one dimension, two dimension, so on and so forth. And, and like zero dimension is where your character is just stats. That's it. Your stats and you hit things. Boom. One dimension is your character is a stereotype, you know, two dimensions is where your character has a stereotype, but it's also, you know, it might have a voice or something like that. And then three dimensions where your character actually has depth. They have motivations and goals and, you know, and sometimes they have to recognize that, you know, sometimes those motivations and sometimes those goals are going to be conflicting with the rest of the world or, you know, even like the rest of the party. And, and there's, I'm, I'm trying to get the quote, right. And, and he says like, yeah, you can go ahead and you can do the voice, 
but at the end of the day, that's not real role playing, you know? And, and that's, that is absolutely true. You know, like if, if you have a character that all he is, is just a voice. That's not, that's not real role play. You know, that's just a voice. So, yeah. And it's, again, it's not, it's not just the job of the DM to bring up the role playing uh, uh, to the table. You know, each player needs to, have a little bit of that you know not saying that oh you have to dress up in voices but you know it's uh it's uh i'm trying to what's the word communal no uh, the, together like everybody's just building this thing together it's not the job of, it's not just a job of one single person it's like a cooperative effort yes there you go that's the yeah i was looking for man yeah, you're english so well that's it's like i really don't <laughs> <laughs> But no, that's that's I I think if some people want to play D&D and they just want funny voices and a fun time, that's great. But there are also a lot of people out there that they want, you know, payoff. They want like character motivations. They want conflicts, eternal and external, eternal, yes. internal and external. Um, and and with that, that comes with a lot of time and a lot of practice. Um, and that, and that is not, that is not something that you should really expect a first time DM to come up with. Um, or or for that matter, even like, you know, an an experienced DM who just does it for fun. Exactly. There are some DMs out there that just, Hey, you know what? Let's just fight some goblin raiders. And that's it. That's their idea of a campaign. And that's totally okay. You know, but then there are some people that want to explore like, like, hey, let's do a deep dive into this character's backstory and, you know, have some real narrative payoff. And that's okay, too. I think because yes. e- in that Reddit post that we were talking about earlier, the very top response was from Matt Mercer himself. And and one of the things he says is that every table is different. And, and, yep. and if one table is trying to copy, like, verbatim another table, that kind of robs the magic out of it. And it really does. You know? But it's also not it's also not very creative either. Like, yeah, copying is fun if you're using it as a base. Mm-hmm. But the whole point of the game is to make it interesting and unique. You know hey. how would how would you tackle this? Not how you know Matt Mercer will tackle this or any of the that's, other members of the cast. And that's and that's really something that you can tell just from like the source material, because because mm-hmm. a lot because the source material I I I know you said I know you said it. And so, so I'm kind of confirming it here with, with what I'm dealing with, but the source material is not too terribly vague, but it is vague enough that you can kind of fill in the gaps and add your own little personal flair to it. Um, so, so the idea that is if, if like, say for instance, you try to run tomb of annihilation, I don't know if they ever did or not, but if you ever try to run, run tomb of annihilation, the exact same way Matt Mercer did, like, where's the fun in that? You know, where, where are the, where are the surprises? Where are the, you know, where's the twists? Right. You know, and then, you know, like make it, make it your own, man. Like that's, that's the most important part. Uh, and, and, and I have talks with like other, my other DM friends and I work and stuff like that. And they're all, they're so interested on like talking about other DMs about how they rent specific parts of a shop. Like uh, my friend Robert wants to talk to you about Strahd, you know, and how you rent the specific things. That's, and and, 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 and that's me, kind of the whole point. Oh, go go ahead and finish your thought. 
Oh, that, that's kind of the whole point. Like, just just make it yourself. Make it make it unique. Make it your own. Make it your table specific adventure. Not everybody's gonna take the same road the same way every time. Right. There's no there's no point on that. And that's and to me, I feel like that's gonna be a really fascinating conversation because there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things I took and, and like kind of twisted to where like this is the Andrew version of it. And there's a lot. <laughs> Not a whole lot, but there's there is certain things I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm just getting rid of this altogether. Um, but that kind of, you know, that kind of leads in the whole like, oh, Matt Mercer's rules for resurrection. OK, those are Matt Mercer's rules for resurrection. Right. You know, maybe some people don't want to do that. Maybe some DMs don't want to do that because like me personally, I want to run resurrection to where if you want to resurrect a character that's like kind of a mini quest in of itself, but some yes. DMs don't want to do that. Sometimes they'd be like, yeah, sure. It's fine. You can just bring them back. You, you look in your components bag and you somehow find a diamond that's worth a thousand gold, whatever. That's fine. You know? And that's okay. The thing about it is no matter how you run it, as long as everyone's having fun, it's okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but how would you, let, let me ask you this, Andrew, how would you deal with players who like, are expecting or are, are under the Matt Mercer effect, and they they come to the table, and you're you're running, you know, at a at a, at a local store, you're running the game, and one of the players is like, "Well, that's not how Matt Mercer will do it." Like, what would how how would you handle that? I would handle it is probably first with like a kind of like humor answer because I like to you know I like to break tension with humor. And so someone's like, well, that's not how Matt Mercer does it. And I'm like, you're right. That isn't how Matt Mercer does it. <laughs> and so that's that you know, a classic response from you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now but, I know. But then, yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, but if they keep like, like antagonizing me about it, like that, that's something where you have to, you have to kind of take that player aside and be like, hey, look, man, you know, like I never ran this adventure before. And, I don't have the same amount of experience as him, obviously, you know, so let's just all just have fun. Just kind of, you know, just let's, let's kind of backpedal here a bit, you know, maybe kind of ease up a little bit. And, and then eventually, you know, if he keeps going on about it, then I might just have to tell him to leave or, you or, you know, it'd be like, okay, well, they also deal with professionals too. So, <laughs> you know, if you if, if you want professional style DMing, I'm gonna need professional style playing. So, yeah, <laughs> that shut him up real quick. Yeah, and oh. and nine nine times out of ten, that's usually like the best response. Like, hey, look, if you want me to be Matt Mercer, y'all got to be Vox Machina, right? Right. So, yeah, because um, that's apparently you were telling me earlier that that's like a like the, that's the other side of the token when DMs expect their players to be professional yeah. voice actors yeah that is something i yeah. never even knew existed because when i was when i was looking at the matt mercer effect there's a there was a related um search called the vox machina effect i was like what and i looked it up and it it doesn't seem to be nearly as prominent as the matt mercer effect thankfully but uh, essentially what it is is that it's the dm who expects the players to be as good as vox machina which wholly unfair again yeah <laughs> i actually feel like that's a bit in a weird way i feel like it's a bit more unfair because like because you as a dm you're expected to be a storyteller slash referee but 
I don't, I never really expect my characters to try to come up with these like deep, intricate lores about their characters and stuff like that. And because that's not to me, that's not really the point. The point is that your characters kind of grow with the adventure. And, and so I just, to, and and, and like I said, in a very weird, God, I can talk, I can talk. I believe in you. So in a weird way, I think it's more unfair for one guy to expect four or five players to act like that, because that seems like to me that that one guy just wants a show. You know what I'm saying? No, I, yes, I can, I can see that, which again, I didn't, I didn't even have a clue. And I think I might've suffered from that a little bit at one point, just because I kind of wanted to, but that was more me just kind of like pushing our players to, uh, just think about in character versus out of well, character, that, you know. Well, that, that that's just one of those things. It's like I uh, that's something I recognize. Like if if somebody wants more character like payoff, then I'll reward them with that. But if some people just want to play the game, then I'll just let them play the game. I don't, you know, I'm not going to try to force them in, in, into anything. Um, exactly. Exactly. But, you know, it's like, cause like, cause I can, I can understand new players expecting the DM to, you know, do funny voices and stuff like that because they're, they're the storyteller. But mm-hmm. the whole, the whole idea that the DM expects the players to do that kind of stuff, it feels like a, a really strange power move. You know, it almost feels abusive. <laughs> <laughs> like in a creepy, unsettling way, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really does. It feels, it, it feels like the DM's like, yes, dance for me, my puppets. <laughs> like, you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's 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 news to me, man. I didn't even know that was an actual thing. I did yeah. not know. I did not know about it until like today. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy. Like now, I will never expect my my any of my players to be, uh, uh you know, Vox Machina role playing dressed up. Because I one thing I learned, if anything, is that each one of them is different. I do not ever expect our player Howard to be making a constant voice. You know oh. what I mean? I will never expect um, Heather to uh, uh, be dressed up because she cosplays a lot, but I will never expect it to be like, oh, I made my character, you know, like I'm going to show up like this to every, like, no, <laughs> that's weird. Like, oh, that's, I, that's the only thing I expect from them is to be at the table and have fun. That's it. Exactly. As long as we're all having fun, it's okay. You know, and yeah, yeah, there are some people that are, you know, more backseat than others, and that's totally fine. You know, as long as they're not like, I don't know, on their phones or some shit. (laughs) Like, that's totally cool. That's 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 another show. That's another episode for us, you know, like uh, table manners. (laughs) But like, table table etiquette, yeah. But yeah. By the way, I've noticed that you've said uh, if we're all having fun, then it's okay a lot this episode. <laughs> yeah, because it's true. I I, I, feel, I feel like I need to reiterate that. No, you know? it's true. It's just, you know, it sounds like a, like a slogan for something. <laughs> yeah, it, that's my personal slogan. <laughs> so. uh, if we're all having fun, then it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, no, Mad Measure Effect. It's an interesting uh, phenomenon. Uh, some people suffer from it. Hopefully, most of them get snapped out of it real quick and realize what real—well, I don't want to say real D and D, but like what most D and D is like. 
I and feel like still stick with the hobby, you know? Yeah, I feel I feel like that's something that like a quick talking to can probably just stamp out. Right. You know? Yeah. And and then and then arcing back to arcing back to our previous episode of uh, you know session one just a quick little hey guys you know I like doing voices but I'm not gonna be you know Matt Mercer level of voices right yeah and, and we joke we, we joke about that all the time before every game don't we yeah. like we're always like oh, Andrew I'm expecting you know Matt Mercer level stuff like it's it's obvious that oh, I, I feel think like joking I... like that makes it obvious that it's not it's not gonna happen it's not a you know thing. and the thing about it is because this is the first time I actually practiced a voice. <laughs> for a campaign and even then i fucked it up <laughs> I, I didn't even realize you fucked it up so uh it was it, it was it was a it was the previous session that i started like the, the accent started slipping and and then i really oh. i really quickly covered it up like oh no it's not me it's the character he's messing it up i was like i hope nobody notices <laughs> <laughs> smooth yes i don't remember that so because the character is not what he seems. It's it's more than what he seems. Wait, he's an entertaining man with a monkey. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh you, man. Do you want to talk about session highlights real quick then? Since I were Sure, sure. Yeah, let's, let's go for it. Now did we have we can start. did we have two sessions again between episodes? I think so. I'm trying to remember. Yes, I think we did. So, okay. Hmm. What do you remember from the third session? The third session. It's a session after you guys get the, uh, it's, I know you guys say tarot cards, but it's actually Taroka, but I'm not going to. Taroka cards. I'm not going to be pedantic. Uh, <laughs> I remember. I, because, because I remember I, we saw. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I just, I, it's just something like I remembered. I forgot to say the word Taroka. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's on me. <laughs> so, it's not your fault, Andrew. Yeah. Why are you not like Mark Mercer? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but no, session three, uh, the third session, I remember uh, we were on our way to Valaki. We entered Valaki. It was kind of awkward at the gates because um, we have a lizard folk and a Kenku. <laughs> uh, you had a lizard main- folk, a Kenku, and and what looks like what looks like like a dropout angel. A dropout <laughs> angel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the, so the, the, the guards were like, "Nope, <laughs> nope, you're not coming in here." Uh, but no, the main thing for that one I remember was the <laughs> interrogating the the the, the citizen, <laughs> fucking almost beat him up. Um, yeah, you mean you you mean the you mean the the North Korean? <laughs> yeah, right. Velaki um, number one. <laughs> what what is it called? Malicious, malicious unhappiness. Is that what it's called? <laughs> Yes, pe- people can become guilty of malicious unhappiness and Velaki, and that is where that is where you spread unhappiness willingly. Oh man, that, that's what you do all day, every day, Andrew, <sighs> with your music. Uh, but yeah, I think yeah. session uh, session three. I think the the furthest we get was uh, the second talk with Rictavio. No, no, we no. we went to. No, no, you were introduced to Rictavio. We were introduced that. to Rictavio, yes. We were introduced to Rictavio. We talked to the hunters and we went to Is that where we ended? I can't remember right now, dude. Oh, you talked to Blinsky. Blinsky, that was the main thing. Then and then Lilith for whatever reason promised to break his wrists. 
Like the fact that he was a hostage, but <laughs> that was actually something, that was actually something. I'm like, I'm like, do we need to talk about something here? <laughs> uh, are you okay, Lilith? Is there anything that you need to tell us? Is, is something you want to get off your chest? Because, like, wow, you came on really strong there. <laughs> uh, um. Uh, session highlights for so what is the session highlight for for the third uh, session for you i would say for me i would say just meeting rictavio yes i will have to agree with that that was fantastic as i was i was practicing i'm like please 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 talk to this guy (laughs) 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 because like i had the music all laid out i've been i have been practicing on the accent for like the week before and stuff like that and oh man like i i even i even told you afterwards getting the name down was the hardest part for me dude can you say it again i can't believe you actually remember (sighs) octavio don carlos juan pacifico maria menendez (laughs) how It, it, it well, that's that's my little secret. <laughs> that's that's, that's, a, that's a very Spanish thing to do, though. I'm not gonna lie. And 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 it was funny because because the session afterwards, Howard's like he has a post-it note. I'm like, I do not, good sir. I'm surprised. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> no, I I think I think it was of course my character fell in love with him with Rectavio. <laughs> he believed every single word that he said, uh, just because of the guitar, the the Spanish guitar in the background. Also, um, the poor, the poor insight checks. <laughs> you were yes, rolling, I rolled really bad. I keep rolling really bad on insight. You were rolling like fives and sevens on insight. You're like, I, oh. I see, I see absolutely nothing wrong with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, but yes, for session three, uh, definitely Rick, meeting Rick Tavio was the highlight of that. Also, Blinsky was pretty fun too, uh, and all the interesting toys. Um, I will have to give props to Talaxia or Kenku. For stealing oh. that doll, I don't know what's gonna happen with that. Um, we'll find out. We'll find out next. We'll find out. <laughs> How about the fourth session? I would say personally, the fourth session highlight was this one really specific thing, and that is when you guys decided to go to the Baron's mansion just to kind of scope it out, <laughs> and you did the whole "I'm just gonna walk away." Pretend to walk down the street and then zip to the window. <laughs> it was such a stupid move, but you rolled really high in your stealth check. <laughs> so, it worked. Oh god! And it worked oh. twice, actually three times. Well, no, twice, and then I used inspiration on the third time. <laughs> it never fails. <laughs> oh, to me personally, that was the highlight. Just that, just that little five-second window of you moving your token across the thing <laughs> like just just to fake out the guards that was the best <laughs> oh, oh man um <laughs> uh, um yeah no that was uh, i laughed pretty hard at that because i was just i was legit just trying to like make it like oh maybe there's a bush or a tree around here somewhere and then pass it but i guess the way my token moved <laughs> You just cut. You just like cut across the lot in front of the guard, but his his perception wasn't high enough. So he's like, "Oh fuck it, that's probably just my imagination." (laughs) I'm seeing shadows again. Oh man, 
It's dark out there. I'm a human. I can't see. Uh, no, uh, my my favorite part of that session was after Rick Tavio got away, we went into the. Oh the yeah. There <laughs> we go. So the stables is filled with crows everywhere. Oh, ravens, right? There's a difference. <laughs> yeah, there's a difference with ravens everywhere. So we go up there. We're, we're trying to find out, like, oh, you know, what's around here? And there's a bunch of hay everywhere. And uh, we roll, we roll to the investigation to see if we find anything. And of course, I roll terribly. But our lizardfolk, uh, small drags and Lilith, both rolled really well. And small drags found a hidden treasure chest. And uh, Talexia, I'm sorry, uh, Lilith uh, found a hidden door. So I'm like, I'm going to open the box, uh, the, the treasure chest. No, 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 no. You say I'm going to hit the box. No, no, no. I was like, I'm going to open it. But then I oh, stopped okay. myself and I'm like, wait, this could be a mimic. So I'm going to tap it with my sword. And you, you asked us like, wait, you're going to smack it or you're going to like, like tap it. And I tap the box and every single raven in that area just attacks Vesemir nonstop. And I keep rolling like shit. Oh, by the way, this whole time the human stays downstairs to like keep watch. So yeah. all he hears is a little kunk. Ah! And just like <laughs> just the hundreds of birds just squawking and calling at the same time. And then, and then the best part about it is, is that is that when it gets to his turn, he just he says, I'm just gonna go up the ladder, look at the chaos, and then just, you know what? This is not my fight. <laughs> <laughs> It's just slowly like walking like nope, nope, I'm not part of this. I'm not, not, I'm not a part of this. <laughs> so I'm trying I'm trying to like not hit the ravens because the ravens, you know, they're sacred or good luck or something, you know. So I don't wanna I don't wanna start any shit with the ravens, oh, though I kind of already did. Um <laughs> so I'm trying to bolt it for the hidden door. I'm like, Lilith, where's the door? She points to it, and the ravens are just following me and through this whole chaos. Small drag starts jumping up and bites into the 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 what is it a mystery yeah. of crows or uh, oh it's a um oh it's not a misery it's a it's like an unkindness or there's something else a, a conspiracy of crows conspiracy of crows and Sorry, he just jumps and eats and eats one complete raven <laughs> with the yeah one. yeah it's bad luck to it's bad luck to kill a raven so he just eats one <laughs> oh. so the whole time I'm just imagining. Like, like a dog just jumping to to try to get some like, you know, doves or whatever, and then you have Lilith just kind of rushes like, no, put it down, and he starts chewing faster. Yeah. Yeah. What are you waiting? He starts chewing it faster. <laughs> Anyways, I made it out of the room because I didn't want to kill any ravens. So if anybody's cursed, it's small drags because he ate one. Um, <laughs> which will you know that that might or might not come back. I don't know. <laughs> oh okay but that was that was for me the highlight of that session it was so stupid like why does this happen to me <laughs> why does this happen to me well, there there's a there's a reason for that but well i, I can't yeah, I'm, I'm sure i'll become clear later on yeah, so uh that was that was that was a good session though oh and the funny thing is that We've done what three sessions now in Valaki, two sessions in Valaki, mm-hmm. and it's just been just role playing 
and we've been in one town and like finding all the lore and all this stuff and like i'm really enjoying that crap because usually for for this group i don't know if it's me my dming style but like for this group it's usually like oh we kind of know where we're gonna go so we're gonna just leave town and pursue that one thing uh, that's right. actually that that was actually something like i had to tell them like hey look i know it's been really role play heavy i apologize about that but it's just because you guys are in town <laughs> and yeah you know I'm not, but- I'm not i'm not i'm not hating it I, I yeah it's i'm not gonna lie it's a little slow but yeah. i'm enjoying the crap out of it yeah so that's why i'm i'm i don't know i'm 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 trying to to keep the pace up as much as I can, but I, I do realize that like yeah, it's a lot of role playing and not a lot of combat. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I said there was an emphasis on combat in this one, so. <laughs> but I think I think we're all on the same page, though. We all know that we are in a town. We're just trying to figure out the mystery of the town. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So that's that's why I was trying to like um, incorporate as many roles as possible because I know I know. I, I don't know about you, but I know I like to roll for stuff. Yes. So, yes. so like any reason I can find one, like, yes, no. let's, let's roll for it and see what happens. I dig it because so. that led my character to be completely oblivious to every single thing that, uh, that small tracks and Lilith were saying about Rick Tavio. And he was just role played it. Oh, I role played it as, you know, I was like, no, you're lying. Rick Tavio's perfect. <laughs> I Rick Tav Rick Tav is like that like that uh like that one meme where it's like I have never done anything wrong in my life ever, and you're like I know this and I love you about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh man, <clears throat> yeah. Any other session highlights? Um, no, that's pretty much that's pretty much it for me. Um, I just I I feel like this is this is going pretty strongly still so far um and and i do want to let you guys know it only really picks up from here so yeah so yeah so believe me this is i i know i know it's a bit of a slow burn right now but it definitely picks up (laughs) so i'm excited and for anybody who is listening to us you can watch our sessions live at twitch.tv forward slash a talk of opportunity hmm? you can see our faces and our voices so it's even worse than listening to us oh yeah yeah you can you can watch us all be awkward <laughs> <laughs> but it's great last time we had like what like three viewers for some reason it was fantastic i think it was just my phone and like Kristen's phone that's fine <laughs> that's fine no, no, no! Didn't, <laughs> didn't you say we we uh we almost had like eight viewers or some crap like that? Oh, that's right. No, because I posted it on the uh, the Dungeons and Dragons Facebook group, and if anybody wants to join, just it's a very good source of uh, a very good resource to have. Uh, I posted it there, and I, I I didn't tell you that post got over a thousand clicks. Really? I'm sorry, over a thousand engagement, which means somebody saw it. So. Out of a thousand, we got eight people to click through and watch us for at least twenty minutes. Not bad. Hey, that's not bad. No. Yeah. The funny thing is, I think the peak was when we were at a store doing nothing. <laughs> oh, no, that that was a previous session. Oh, that, that was a previous session. That 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 was when we were all at a store and we were looking at prices and stuff like that. <laughs> for some reason, that's when everyone decided to jump in and watch. Of course. What, what we're what, what's like really quiet and we're all reading. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, twitch.tv forward slash a talk of opportunity. 
uh, come come watch us live. We are sometimes fun. Uh, it's a good watch. Uh, people say that it's fun. It's it's a nice watch while you're playing something else. You're gonna listen to our soothing voices. Do not expect like dice camera action levels of like professionalism. That's not gonna happen. Sorry. Wait, wait, you're you're not trying to do the Matt Mercer? No, while, I'm not. While, while you're live on Twitch? No, I'm not. Wow. <laughs> no, no wonder nobody has followed us. Jeez, man. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, with what you see is what you get. <laughs> so, not, nothing more, nothing less. Yep, it's Very exactly what it says. Exactly what it says on the tin. <laughs> so, uh, um, so last week was my birthday, mm-hmm. and I got a bunch of gifts. Happy birthday! And one of those gifts was thank you. One of those gifts was Tyranny of Dragons, the re-release fifth year anniversary book from Wizards of the Coast. Yes, please tell me about this. So I have not read the whole thing. Obviously, I do not know oh, anything man. about the form. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want something specific. Okay, I don't know if it is because it's the five-year anniversary of uh, of uh, of fifth edition, but the book quality is incredible. First of all, it's two books in one. So you have uh, Rise of Tiamat and uh, Horde of the Dragon Queen. They are they did an excellent job of giving you a overview for both adventures. Um, it's level one through fifteen, one through fifteen. Which which I might I might want to add for some reason because I was looking at the other adventures. Those seem to be the only adventures that tie in directly into one another. Yeah, just so yeah. weird. But anyways, go on. Um. But, dude, the paper that they used this time around on that book is ridiculous. I thought that the pages were stuck together. That's well, how, thick, like, that's how thick it is. Did you have like a... Each, have each, like... each page is like this gorgeous, like heavy stock matte paper that makes the ink almost shiny. Did you have like an American Psycho like oh. breakdown? Oh. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, God. Oh. It's even embossed. <laughs> yeah. Eggshell. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. It was, in- it's incredible. It's, it, the book feels so incredible. Uh, it's, it's both, it's both books. It's all laid out. Uh, it, it even says <laughs> in the, from the introduction that a lot of the, they listen to thousands of feedback, uh, from the original, um, two books mm. and made changes. They didn't lay out all the edits on it. Like, there's not like a page that tells you, like, "Hey, you know, this changed to this" or anything like that. That, that would probably be something that you'll have to like painstakingly go through the originals and this one, right? Right? Yeah. Which for me, who didn't play the original and always heard that the originals were a little rough at the edges, yeah, it was like I, it was kind of the first ones, weren't they? Yeah. Which I mean, it's, it's expected, you know, whatever. But like, I never played them, so having that noted, and I'm just like. You know, I'm just, oh, okay, that's nice to know. I'm glad you guys fixed it. You know, I don't care because I know some people are very uh, looking forward to have like a almost like a page to page of like what was changed and from from what to what. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, why? Just just read it. You know, like they want patch notes. Yeah, pretty much. 
And I'm just like, nah, dude, just buy it. It's like, oh, the cover's beautiful, obviously. It's one of those uh, Hydro 3X. I forgot his name. I need to remember his, uh, his, the artist who makes the limited edition covers. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, oh, they also changed the paper. And I think I mentioned this for Avernus. The cover doesn't, it's not a, a finger grease magnet anymore like it used to be. Yes, you told me about that. It's like cleaner. Yeah, you can actually use it because every time I use my Volos guide, I feel like I have to clean it every time after I'm done using it because it's just all my fingerprints, all my 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 hand grease. I even like wash my hands before opening it or before using the book, and it still has all my uh, my skin oils like yeah. vividly everywhere. Yeah, it's disgusting. So they changed they changed the cover paper too. Um, the only thing I noticed, and I think it might be something they're trying to figure out, is that the artwork is printed just slightly off like you can tell it's an error but mm-hmm. it's not like a like a one-time error like all the books are like that like they're just you can tell like oh this was supposed to be center but it's kind of like a little bit to the left like so whatever you know as, as i'm sure as more limited editions come out um they'll fix that but the book is phenomenal i recommend anybody who hasn't played the original two to pick it up at your local store, so you can support small stores. Um, actually, you cannot get it anywhere else but on your local gaming store. So there's that. Um, yeah, and I was just quickly reading through it, and it's yeah, it's a, the original adventure of all the cultists trying to raise time at and craziness that happens in between. So, so. would would this be something that you'd be interested in running? Yes. Yes. So okay, so mainly uh, mainly because it's level one through fifteen, yeah, and none of us have played up to level fifteen, so that's pretty exciting. Yeah, so we can have we can have another discussion about how Wizard of the Coast is too cowardly to release <laughs> high level playing. We we can't have one in every in every episode, <laughs> Andrew. Yeah, yes, we can. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of running it probably after Avernus, and it's it's also a classic. It's a classic D and D adventure, you know. You're fighting you're, you're fighting a dragon. Yeah, that's like, it's literally it's literally Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, which is great, and you know, the, nothing wrong with going back to classics like that. Um, oh, but yeah, talking about covers and changes. Uh, the official oh. artwork for Rick and Morty versus Dungeons and Dragons Dungeons and Dragons has, has changed. Well, um, well, hold on before before you go any further. Everything you told me about the tyranny of dragons makes me think. Well, now we know where the map budget went. <laughs> <laughs> so. They're cutting costs, man. They're cutting costs. <laughs> Actually, uh, fun, fun, fun thing. I don't know if you guys have done the. Uh, the Dungeons and Dragons official um, questionnaire that they released, I think, this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, some of the questions are very much like, "Hey, what's important to you? You know, the maps. You know, character. Like, how important from least to very important. Like, how how important are like character artwork or maps and stuff like that? So, I put extremely important for the maps. So, yeah." They better listen to my specific. I actually feel like character artwork can probably take a step back to maps. Personally, I could see that because I will be I will be okay with like sketches. You know what I mean? Like when when they still have like the sketch lines and stuff like that, and it's not. Too yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cool. That we can kind of, that we can kind of like personalize the character a bit. 
Yeah. Know? Oh, I could totally see that. Like, hey, I can show this to the players without revealing too much about that specific character. Exactly. Yeah, so. I can totally see that. No, I agree with that. So lower the budget on the character artwork and increase it on the maps, please. Yes. I'm totally we have to do that episode about maps. <laughs> it's it's in the works. It's in the works. It's gonna we're be gonna a very talk, intense discussion. We're, we're gonna talk about maps. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's gonna be like the Half Life Three episode. <laughs> where it's like, where, it's like, where are they gonna come up with that map episode, man? I've been waiting. <laughs> Squares versus hexes. What do you pick? Squares. That that's not even Hex- a competition. Hexes, duh. Oh man, but yeah, no squares. Oh. All, of a sudden. all right, fuck. Uh, you want to have this argument right here? <laughs> no, 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 no. Another episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Dungeons and Dragons versus Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty versus Dungeons and Dragons. Have you heard okay. anything about it? I have. I have heard about it. Apparently, it is supposed to be written, um, quote unquote, by Rick Sanchez. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> so and 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 apparently it's also gonna go into the um the the deep lore as to why he hates bard so much (laughs) i personally cannot wait to read the whole damn thing because for okay so it's supposed to be written by rick chance sanchez but it's not just that it is his version of dungeons and dragons Yes. And there's there's one part about it I'm really excited about, and that's where they made intentionally bad characters. <laughs> where 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 they like where they apparently made characters that had substandard stats. <laughs> Dude, I like I can't I, I can't wait. It's gonna be so ridiculous. And I love box sets just because they look nice on the shelf, but also like they have like cool shit. So I'm kind of hoping that they include like tokens or maps or or dice like some really cool wacky design dice that'd be pretty bomb let me let me look into this because um the new dragon plus actually did uh they, they did release a little bit of info on it um let's see so yeah it is it is a D box set it's called uh mm-hmm. it's called chapter two painscape uh let's see hold on chapter one was pretty good too it's a comic and then it has like the uh the the adventure on the back but it was actually pretty funny so so there's so so there's one part called character assassination and it says creating a collection of less than optimal DD characters was the pair's first job and the list was long Weakened, weakened core stats, terrible combinations of races and classes, and other flaws that would raise the eyebrows of min max uh, experts all have all been explored. So yes, so so I so I am expecting someone that's like, uh, here is an orc that is like charisma based or some crap like that. <laughs> I can't wait. That would be I awesome. Cannot. I cannot wait. Um, but yeah, so that's coming out too, uh, November nineteenth. For all of you that are interested, you can find it on your store, local store, or Amazon.com. 
So, but it does, let's see, it does say that it is a box set. So maybe there's going to be dice included. It says it comes with a 44 page adventure and a 64 page rule book. Right. Um, so, yeah, I hope they either include like a fun design die set or like maybe since they're going back to like AD&D, like the original, the original dice colors. I just don't, I just hope they don't do just the same old blue dice that they've been given out with every box that they make. And, uh, well, I hate to burst your bubble here. I'm looking at the, um, what looks like the, the contents of the box. And obviously, no. it has, well, it has, it has preset characters. It has the, the adventure itself, um, the rule book and what looks like a custom D and D screen or DM uh, screen. Cool but I'm not seeing any dice there. Uh, well, that's fine, I guess. I just cry myself to sleep again. It's not like we need more dice. <laughs> so I, I, I want I want more dice. Why are you trying to oppress me? Because <laughs> you have a problem. I have two. <laughs> yes, I have, I, have, I have a problem. That'll be another episode. <laughs> Andrew, what? quick, write, that, write down these ideas. <laughs> What we talk about, what we talk about, Jose's crippling dice, uh, dice addiction. <laughs> yes, he didn't make rent this month. <laughs> Why? How does he spend so much money on dice? They're not that expensive. <laughs> they are if you buy plenty, or or if you get the uh, the stainless steel ones. Oh, I'm pretty sure there's expensive dice out there. Hold on. Oh, dude, the obsidian dice from uh, Wyvern or whatever the hell that's called. The one I send you, they're a black. Oh my god. Oof, ninety dollars though. But God, I wouldn't even roll them. I'd be afraid they'll break. Hold on, let's see what the most expensive polyhedral dice are. <laughs> Holy crap! What is it? They have, they have dice made from mammoth ivory. How? Why? Holy mammoth ivory. That's how much they are. Take just take a shot. How how, how much they are? Uh, ivory. No, I'm gonna go with mammoth ivory. I'm gonna go with a low guesstimate of two hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, no, try two thousand one hundred seventy-six dollars. Oh, at that point, would you even would you even play with them? Like, <laughs> no, that. Those would those would not touch a table. Uh, there'll be like a really expensive dice tray just for those yeah. made of ivory too. Just just to give you an idea how much more expensive it is, there are gold dice on this list, and they're not the most expensive ones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fine. That just made me sad. I want it. <laughs> I gotta have I gotta have that mammoth ivory <laughs> <laughs> because is is mammoth ivory like common like. Can you just I, like? No, I know that it's it's expensive because it's not coming. But like, can you like? How do you, how do you how do you get the resources, the raw material to make those dice? I wouldn't imagine they're common, since how mammoth have been extinct for like thousands of years. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like, how do you out of all the things people will make out of mammoth ivory? Which, by the way, anything made out of ivory is just fucking cruel, and I hate it. But Mammoth, yeah, I mean, mammoth. there's there, there's a lot of moral quandaries of this that in of itself. Yeah, like 
Mammoth Ivory. Oh, let me go to uh, mammothivory.com and buy me a, a tusk so I can make some dice. There is, there is one, though, that is made out of uh, meteorite and tungsten steel. I've seen those. They look pretty bomb. Yes. It's only, it's only $1,200. That's fine. I don't need to pay rent. Yeah, that's fine. Who, who, who needs rent when you have dice? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be sleeping on the street just hugging this little bag of dice. <laughs> Oh, that, just means, that, that just means I need to stay fully invested in my fantasy world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Less distractions. <laughs> yeah, duh. Thanks. All this, all this stuff like running water and air conditioning was getting in the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> it led, uh, good quality components, and it led to dice. But enough with that. Uh, going back to it was my birthday last week. We celebrated it at one of our players' house, and we had a unofficial a talk of opportunity game day, and it was pretty fun. Yes, it was, and there was there was so much wine being drank that day. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're classy players, we we drink wine to be more precise. It, it, eventually got, it eventually got to the point, and I felt really bad. It eventually got to the point that they just filled up, they just refilled the sangria jug and just put it next to me. You have a problem, my friend. <laughs> I it was really good. <laughs> well, we definitely want to thank Heather for hosting. We played a bunch of board games. We played for the first time ever. We played um, Shadows over Camelot with six players. Yes, and we lost. Wait, yes, did we lost? yes, we lost. Yes, we lost. We lost hard. <laughs> yes. For you guys that don't know what Shadows of Camelot is, it is a worker placement with uh, a traitor element in it. For some reason, even though it's completely random, and there's even a chance that there's no traitor in the mist, uh, I'm always a traitor. You're always the traitor. But... I. Okay, so, so, so just to give a little bit more explanation to people that probably don't know what all that jargon was that you just shot out there... It's essentially a game where it's it's a player versus the board game scenario, where where we have where like you are playing as knights of the round table and you have to go on quests to get stuff like uh, Excalibur and the armor of Lancelot and stuff like that. Meanwhile, you're trying to hold off like barbarian raids, and it's really stressful. <laughs> Very stressful. It's a really stressful game, and it's a lot of time management. There's also a lot of ways to lose and there's only one way to win (laughs) yes um and to add a little bit more stress and anxiety to the myth there is a there's a chance that there could be a traitor within the players that is working against everybody else right and 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 until before before he gets accused he has to kind of be really subtle about sabotaging the um the game and there was a point where we were literally blaming everybody. Like, no one can be trusted here. <laughs> and it, and, it, and, it, and it, became, it became like a weird board game version of a Mexican standoff where we were all <laughs> like looking at each other and stuff like that. Uh, it, was it was great. Awesome. And the fact, we were, we were up on each other's throat, and the thing is that there was a chance that there was no traitor. That's the thing about the game. 
there's a chance that there's no traitor and everybody's just fine. But it and just the, drives you insane and you can't trust anyone. And the game punishes you for being wrong about who's a traitor. Yes. That's the that's the thing. So you have to be you have to like you have to have like hard evidence <laughs> that this guy's a traitor. You have to like build a case for it. Hey, needless to say, it got really loud. <laughs> so it got so loud and it got so chaotic. Oh my god. We we were we were we were broken by the end of that game. <laughs> the sangria didn't help. Like like I'm I'm pretty sure all the couples had a long talk with one another after that. <laughs> Bro, my girlfriend straight up accused me from the beginning. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> she, was trying, she was trying to convince everybody that, that I was a traitor. Teresa shot me a look that's like, if you don't accuse Jose right now, we are going to have a talk. <laughs> <laughs> You're saving the couch tonight. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like I, don't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> oh, man. Now, let's go. We played that. We played, um, we played Betrayal of Baldur's Gate. Uh, which... It was fun, but oh man, I wish we could have we would have played that first because I always forget that there's a whole thing in the middle that somebody becomes the DM and somebody becomes the player, and it's just annoying. It's a good game, but if you happen to do the omen that it's there's a chance that it could there's a chance it could get really interesting, but there's also a chance that it could end in like two seconds. I think. I think the main problem that we had with Betrayal at Baldur's Gate was it wasn't it wasn't bad. We had we all had fun. But I think the main problem with it was that we had just played a game that had a traitor element to it. Yeah. So it was kind of like not so much like more the same, but it was but it was very similar. Yeah. So yeah. We prob- and then we play Friday the thirteenth. Yes. Uh, which is a great game. I just didn't know how long it took, man. I thought it was shorter than that. It's not. It's not Friday the Thirteenth. It's uh. Hold on, <laughs> hold on. I have. Oh, I have it's uh, last Friday. It's Friday. Yeah. Yeah. It's Which it's essentially thing? Friday the Thirteenth. It's, it's like Friday. legally. It's legally distinct Friday the Thirteenth. Let's not lie. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. It's essentially uh, one player is the killer who wants to kill all the teenagers in this camp, and then everybody else is the teenager, and it's, it's great. It's fantastic. It's a lot of fun. It's just a. It's a lot longer than I remember it, and because of that. We couldn't finish it because we had to leave. Oh, we well, because well, the thing about it is that it's four chapters long, yeah. right? And each chapter, the rules change. So you're essentially right. learning the game four times. Yeah. So, so it's, it's always, it's always that, that game is like the definition of it gets easier once you know the rules, you know? Yeah. So, but then, but, then, yeah. but yeah, we, after that, we, <laughs> We uh, parted ways, and then we Wait, had a before what? before we parted ways. Though we we forgot to talk about the the real MVP of the party, though. Pesto, Heather's pesto. Holy crap! Oh my god! What, I was whatever, almost eating that by the spoonful, man. <laughs> whatever she's, I I I remember I remember very vividly. I told Teresa like, "Do you want anything?" She's like, "No, it's okay." I'm like, "All right, fine. I'll just throw away the plate." And as I'm going to throw the plate away, I see the pesto. I'm like, I can <laughs> <laughs> dude, I had, I had so many 
passing bites because I kept going to the fridge to like get water or drink or whatever. And every time I went by, I just grab a piece of bread and put pesto on it. It was so good. Heather, let me tell you, whatever you're doing as a job, you need to stop. You need to start jarring the stuff up. And and sell it. Yes. (laughs) Go to your local farmer market. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you have, you will make a bank. Oh my God. It was so good. It was the only thing that held our group together during Shadows Over Camp Art. <laughs> the pesto, the pesto kept us, uh, kept us sane. It was the glue that held this group together. <laughs> yes, oh god, it was so good. And then we had uh, red and white sangria. Which, I like the white sangria better. I, I personally like the red, but, you know. Well, that's, that's because you're wrong. <laughs> okay, all right. You want to have you want to have this argument? Is this is this what we're doing? This is a, different episode. Different episode. A talk about Attack of opportunity. Debate. <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, it was over. It was, it was a really good day. Uh, again, thanks Heather because she put up with our crap um, and invited us to her house. Um, after that, we left. We went back home. Luckily, uh, Andrew lives really close to my parents' house, which is where I was staying. Uh, because because of reasons and then we ended up playing Tokaido, right? Oh my god, dude, Tokaido was like low key the highlight for me. Like, I really I, loved that game. I had never felt so calm. <laughs> like it was I would almost say it was like a zen experience for me playing that <laughs> game. No, seriously, cuz I cuz I was like I was like oh there's just no conflict, there's no Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. No, I I, I, I completely agree, and 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 it has a really good mechanic of like, you can't. It's not advantageous for you to go first. Oh, and it's it had, and it's, you know what on. I mean? Like you didn't want to rush through things. You wanted to experience as much as you could. It 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 has. It's very very laid back, and it actually, it almost kind of punishes the player for being hasty. Yeah. And I just oh god, I fell in love with that game. <laughs> it's a, it's, a, it's a really good game, Stan. It's very the box is really nice too. Uh of Our course I lost. Is. By the way, if you if anybody's listening to this and if never played a board game with me, I always lose. I am it's the not, Will Witten of my group. I always that's lose. Not, that's not true. Dude, when have I won a game? <laughs> other okay, other than when I'm the trader because I just win by default. Yeah, so you still win. Yeah, but it's like it's not because I was trying, it's because you guys suck at like finishing the game. I was I was actually surprised that I won that game. Because whenever whenever there's a game that has like a point system like that, Teresa always crushes it. Dude, Kristen is always is also like that too. Like they're just vicious. You wanna get those points. Like it's something where it's like, okay, so Jose has fifty six points, Andrew has sixty seven points, Kristen has seventy three points, and Teresa has one hundred and eighty three. How what in the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the board doesn't even go that high. Yeah, we had to circle around. We had to make a. We had to like make our own scoreboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I know some people can see the matrix and know like all the things. I just like to experience the game. I mean, yeah. that's why I always lose because I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want conflict with anybody. And we we definitely because like because I remember you always told me how you always wanted to play Takedo with uh with like sushi and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And oh, 
oh my god we that needs to happen we need See? we need to, we need to have like a like a zen day <laughs> just just like all kinds of like oolong tea and like fruity oh. teas green tea and like like a big platter of sushi and then tokaido in the middle of the board oh it needs to be like sushi and sashimi and we need to play like games that have no like conflict like that and just like and then we have to have like you know that that bamboo the bamboo water thing that that that's in like Japanese anime that like mm-hmm. fills with water and it just goes click and it comes back up and then it fills with water again and just click. You know uh, what I'm talking about? Gotta have a little Zen garden. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> we need that. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. no, it was it was a good day. Um, I mean, man, I think my favorite board game right now. I think it has to be uh, freaking Shadows of a Camelot. It's just so good. That board game, it's what's it to uh, me? Yeah, no, we we we've all we've all fell in love with it. Like that's something yeah. it, it's almost required at this point. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like whenever Which... we meet up, like like we we play shadows like now. <laughs> <laughs> Are we gonna beat it this time? I think the yeah. only time we won was because we decided to play without a trader. So we all kind of knew that, <laughs> that there wasn't like anything going on like that. So the one time we won, we had to cheat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's an excellent game. It's 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 not that expensive. Well, it's out of print right now, so it's probably really expensive right now. It's really expensive. <laughs> but but uh, we have contacts in the industry. Next year is the 15th anniversary after anniversary of the game. So there's a chance that they might release like a special edition with like the ex- the exp- uh, expansions and everything. So the expansions. That that's what's it? Merlin. Merlin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You can you can play as Merlin. <sighs> yeah. No, it's a it's a. I'd recommend it 100. percent 100 percent every time. I would probably say though, the only game more stressful than Shadows Over Camelot is probably Pandemic. <laughs> No, dude, you're wrong. The oh. grizzled. Can we not talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> I hate the grizzled well, only because I need to beat it. Yeah, you have like an obsession. I'm never bringing that game near you again. <laughs> <laughs> you you want to explain what the grizzled is? Okay, so the grizzled it's a card based game where you essentially play as French soldiers during World War One, and it is crushingly difficult like we have played we have played i i would say probably about what like a dozen games bro of that, more than that not not once have gotten even close to winning well no that's not right that's not uh, that's not correct here's the thing about the game in my opinion is that actually yeah we haven't gotten close to winning but the thing is that as soon as you lose you want to replay it again because you're like, oh, if we do this differently, if we're like, okay, next time we just don't do this and try to do this, like instantly in your brain, you know, like if you know for sure that if you do what you're thinking at that moment, you're going to win. But then you play again. It's, it also, a really, it's also a really short game. Um, you play again and you don't win. <laughs> and then you, you, you lose again and you, you start thinking instantly about like how to win next time. And you're like, oh, I have the perfect plan. And then you try to play it again, and then you lose again, and it's a vicious cycle that never ends. And I'm gonna go insane if I don't ever actually win that game. 
which is why that game has never seen the light of day again. <laughs> I bought that. I bought that game because I was like, "Oh, it's World War One," and it has like this this awesome like storybook artwork. I was not expecting it to beat me into the ground <laughs> with its difficulty. <laughs> like, like, how many times have we looked up how to play this game? I'm like, I'm like, we're we're overlooking something. Oh yeah, because the other thing is, it's a French game, so we always thinking that the translation, the rule translation, is not correct, and we're doing something wrong because we're losing so badly, and it seems almost impossible. But then you like look up the rules, and they're like they're correct, and you're like, there there has to be a way to win, and you just can't. And the thing is that it's it's players versus the board again. But you just can't win. It's just never ending, and I'm never gonna win that game. And and there has, dude. I don't. I I honestly don't think we're ever gonna win. <laughs> like, like I have friends. I have I have friends tell me that they've beaten the game, and I do not believe it. they're all filthy liars. I want to see it in real life. <laughs> I want. I I I need to see the tapes. <laughs> <laughs> Pictures of everything that happened. Uh, yeah. Well, anyways, so yeah, it was a really fun board game day. Oof, I got a little uh, worked up there for a second. Yeah, calm down. Take take a breath. I black out every time I hear the grizzled. Oh <laughs> uh, man, that's like uh, that, that's like what's it? Ter- Teresa asked, like, should we bring the grizzle for board game day? I'm like, don't you ever don't <laughs> mention that name again. <laughs> if you would have brought that game on Saturday. <laughs> That, we would have that, played that over and over again because <laughs> I'm the that, birthday boy and we play what we want. When that, I want. That, that was good. Yeah, I knew exactly why. Because I'm like, I'm like, if I and the thing about it is, it's a tiny little game because all it is is just essentially a deck of cards. And this any tiny little box is just gonna throw away like all the efforts that we had. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, all right. <laughs> yeah, no. So remember, kids. Matt Mercer is a cool dude, but you cannot be Matt Mercer. You can only be yourself. That being said, don't don't stop trying to improve, but also remember that this is your table, not Matt Mercer's yes. table. So, yes, one hundred percent. As long as everyone at the table is having fun. <laughs> And it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> oh man! Uh, thank you all for joining us uh, at our uh, what is this? The fourth episode? I Third believe, episode? Uh, you know, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> there's a lot. Third going episode. On. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of going on. Uh, third episode of uh, a talk of opportunity. Uh, remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. We're not very active there, but you can see when we go live on Twitch. Also, twitch.tv forward slash talk of opportunity, our YouTube channel. Um, if you just, it's just, it's usually all attack of opportunity and you can find us. Um, keep up to date on Instagram. Uh, I'm doing now Let's Plays, so you can join me Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays, and I'll be playing some sort of game on Twitch. Uh, we also stream our D&D sessions live on Twitch, but that date floats around. So you're gonna have to bear with us there, just because it's D and D, and I'm sure you know how D and D works. It's never it, the same day. It's it's D and D, and we all have our own personal schedules, unfortunately. Yeah. So exactly. So at the time of this recording, however, we will be playing Wednesday, 
Yes, uh, that is the 6th of November. Remember the remember. No, that's the 5th. That's close enough. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the 6th of November. Um, and come join us. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, listening to our podcast. Um, however, time. however, don't expect any any sessions anytime soon because Death Stranding comes out this weekend. <laughs> no, Andrew, we can do both. No, no, we can't. <laughs> yes, you know I'm gonna beat that game like this, this Saturday after, right? Oh, I, I severely no, no. I already I got my, I already got my adult diapers. <laughs> wow. You're, All right. You're well, thank you for joining us. Everything D and D, board games, and gaming. <laughs> Y'all guys have a good night. Keep adventuring. <laughs>